Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 66 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, star of the Christmas infomercial entitled, But Wait, There's Murr, Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? You were supposed to do a soccer one. Oh, okay. The man who went to the World Cup and had a ball, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I'm, doing, I'm better now. Yeah, good. Better Glad now. to hear it. Also joining us in the studio today, our lead pastor, Mr. Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you, sir? Did you just make that soccer one up on the spot? Yeah, we did not plan that, actually. Wow. Yeah, 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 that's kind yeah. of impressive. I, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of the first one, I like the second one. That was awesome. Well, I, I'm better wow. under pressure. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. We should do that more often. Yeah. Put on the spot. We didn't throw, like that one. Do another th- one. Yeah, that was great. Throw me for a loop on that. Wow. Which I was sad that the United States got knocked out. I actually watched the game, Matt. You'd be proud of me. Did you understand it? Uh, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Right. Yeah, I didn't understand Put like the all... ball in the net. Well, I knew that. I knew you're not supposed to touch it with your hands unless right. you're the goalie. Yep. That's yep. about all I've got when it comes to soccer. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's all you need to know. That's, that's all you really good. need. Yeah. yeah. But isn't the Netherlands like really good? Oh yeah. Okay. So that's not <laughs> that like was, bad that we lost to them. They were they were clinical in how it'd kind of be like if a college football team lost to Georgia. I mean, you know, oh, I mean, it kind of feels like you know we can at least be like we're okay. We lost to the best. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. kind of how it was for the soccer, right? Yeah, yeah. Is Netherlands yeah. going to win it all? Probably not. Okay. Oh, um, okay. probably not. Who, who do you think is going to win it all? Mm, uh, England looks good. France looks good. Brazil looks dangerous. Well, choose okay. one. Come on, make a call. Yeah, you got put you, you gotta, on the spot. That's Let's right. see right now. I mean. I, I think France could go. But he All said right. Brazil looks dangerous. Like if you're dangerous, like then that, that makes me want to think, think you're going to be I think guy. again, they're kind of they have some young France. France. Um, so we're we're pulling for France. France. Well, I mean, you pull for whoever you want. Like, Wasn't there a soccer player from France back in the day? Day like like Zidane or something like that. Big yeah. ball dude. Yeah, butted somebody yeah. and got thrown out. Yeah. That's the same yeah. country. All right. Yeah. Hey, how about that? Right. I'm, wow. Boom. I'm very impressed. Pull that right out of the old That's, memory bank. There you That's go. really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really. I good. remember that we were in Europe during that World Cup. Did you, uh, Morgan and I. We didn't go to any of the matches. Uh, we're, we're doing God's work. We're doing missions uh, oh, work. Sorry. So, <laughs> sorry. But, but we were there, and so obviously, you know, it was like big news. And the French, you know, they, they love their soccer. You they, know. Yeah. And we had to fly into Paris. Anyway, I digress. But yeah. yes, you said France. A story popped in my head. Yeah. Well, do you think that's who might win? Uh, yeah. I'm going with the Dutch. Okay. Holland. Okay. All right. The yeah. Netherlands. They're I mean, many you, names. You, <laughs> but if they knock out the Americans, I immediately want them to win to show our team's awesome. That's right. Well, they are. They, uh, U.S. was the second youngest in the the whole the whole tournament. The whole tournament, really? So yeah, yeah okay. the average yeah. age was twenty four. Okay. So like Netherlands, you had guys that have seen like three world, three or four like eighty five years old out yeah. there running around. Might wow. as well be, but okay. like okay. You, so for them I thought to play he that, meant like the second youngest nation, and I'm like, what does that have no, to no, do with anything? No, but now, no, now that, that makes second sense. Second youngest okay. team. Yeah, uh, speaking so, of which, our two hundred fiftieth birthday as a country is coming up here in just a few years. This you is true. About that, yeah, yeah, twenty twenty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so the next World Cup is in America in four years. So you and guys so have four years to learn the rules. Be, well, they will be four years older, <laughs> yeah, should right. be, which should help us. Yes, yeah. it All should. Right. They looked really good. I think that you know, there's a couple things that they make that must. We're Younger, losing, we are losing yeah, yeah, yeah. listeners we better, in yeah, real time yeah. with our soccer that, talk. So, uh, the rest of the world is joining in with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, our Qatar audience. That's, is really that's right. Up, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, gentlemen, how was uh, how was the weekend? A good weekend? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we lost a soccer match, but um, we won a basketball game. So <laughs> sure. Jacob had his first basketball game. His team won. That was fun. Yeah. Um, the Bulldogs won the SEC championship. That was fun. Yeah. And um, we had a good weekend at home. So it was great. Well, it was good. nice. And well, other than soccer, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I mean, I did. I didn't ruin uh-huh. your whole weekend, did it? No. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, I had I had a friend come in. He played drums for yeah, us on Sunday. Yeah, he did an awesome, awesome job. So we caught up. It was fun. Yeah, that's great. So. Jackson, Mississippi, Jackson, representing Mississippi, <laughs> yeah. representing right. well, whatever from Jackson. That's right. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I was actually uh, near your old stomping grounds up in Roswell, Georgia. Okay. not too far away from yeah, uh, where you grew up. Not yeah, too far. Uh, one of so back when I was a student pastor of Vaughn Forest Church, one of the students who obviously is now grown up uh, was getting married. Asked me to come officiate the wedding, so I got to go over there. Christy and I got to go hang out there and eat some good food, and then go go to the wedding and officiate. How'd that. you do? Did you screw it up? They're married. Okay. Yeah, right. no, yeah, it worked. <laughs> Did yeah. you say Maui <laughs> at any point during the ceremony? I was so close to it. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that probably didn't quite make that well. happen. Yeah. yeah, but no, it was it was really great, and uh, the bride's whole family is actually from Montgomery as well. So okay. yeah, I got to see uh, a few surprises and folks we got to see, but uh, it was a good weekend. Nice, Very nice cool. and relaxed, and we we tried to avoid the uh, SEC championship traffic on the way back as we were driving back like it's right in that. Hard. Yeah, but anyway, so it was good, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so uh, in this past weekend of On Force, a great weekend. But before we get to that, all right, we've got to you know we we recorded this last week. Mm-hmm. And then almost the moment we walked out of the studio, the news broke about Hugh Freeze being hired oh, at yeah. Auburn. And so uh, I got to get your thoughts on it. I got I to gotta get your thoughts on what happened there. I think it's a great hire. Yeah. So I think Hugh Freeze, um, he's proven he can win in the SEC. Um, he made a big mistake. Um, and he went up to Liberty. And having spent a few years of my life there on campus, knowing that school, culture, town, community, I think he really got some good spiritual guidance during that season. I know that firsthand accounts, uh, not just for he, but for his entire family. Hmm. And so I think that was a really good season for him to kind of get his priorities back in line, so to speak. And uh, he never lost his ability to coach, as evidenced by Liberty winning. So I think he's going to come to Auburn with a lot of great life lessons, and I think he's a heck of a football coach. Yeah. So if you're an Auburn fan, I think you should be really excited. was really glad to see Cadillac staying. Right. I think yep. the two of them together, I think they're going to build a really good program. And just from a, a um, just from a sports perspective alone, it kind of kind of worries me as a Georgia fan. <laughs> I think Auburn's going to have some good years ahead of them. So yeah, good for Auburn. It's nice to have your coach in place. Liberty's already hired their replacement, right? so they'll be fine. They'll Liberty got now? Forward. They hired Coastal Carolina's coach. They got whipped by Troy on Saturday. I don't know if you they saw did. that. Yeah. yeah, they did. So uh, we passed the buses on their yeah. way to Troy University, oh, the Coastal Carolina okay. team. And um, I think their team already knew the coach was leaving because they didn't really show up <laughs> for the game. Not to take away anything from Troy. Sure. So they played a good game. But yeah, it's kind of fun. And then uh, we had mentioned Coach Prime at some point in our podcast. Went to Colorado. Yeah, going yeah. to Boulder and um, beautiful town. And so I'm, I'm a little more biased to Colorado State just personally, but uh, Colorado University is a great school. So we'll see how we can do out there. Yeah. And that's going to be fun to watch. So yeah. Yeah. Good for Auburn. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, it was an obvious move, but making uh, Cadillac, you know, associate head coach, I think that was really, really good on their part. Got got a lot of goodwill with the fans. So I was, I was as an Auburn fan, I was very happy to see yeah. it. I'm very hopeful about the other uh, days. I think ahead. Matt was super excited about it as well. Yeah, so. yeah. So no more <laughs> Auburn <laughs> coaching talk search yeah, on the we're, podcast. We're, it's over. Yes, it's over. done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing but World Cup here on out. Yeah. Oh, so, no, no, well, no, okay, no. they're both uh, over. that lasted for five minutes, <laughs> yeah. and then we switched over and spent ten on this. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's five minutes too much. That's, we right. Got that's right. That's right. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Go at USA. Yeah, that's uh, right. But no, this Sunday was a great Sunday uh, back here in the forest. So uh, we actually the forest. Yeah, in the forest. I like that. Yeah. So Christmas in the forest. Oh, Christmas wow. is here, and uh, that's why he does the marketing this math. Is, this this is, is such true. A good, yeah. So I got to throw it out there because so many folks were excited. Did you see the Christmas train out there in the kids' lobby? I don't even know what to say. It's. I mean, trying to describe right? it, we can't do it justice. Right. If you haven't seen it, you got to come see it. That's it's right. unbelievable. You did an awesome job, man. Yeah, that's. Yeah. It's just I mean, a, and, and a couple other guys that helped him with that yeah. as well. Yeah, just insane. Yeah. It's a stinking Piggly Wiggly for Pete's sake. Right. I, mean, I haven't seen a Piggly Wiggly in years. There's all kind of amazing you, the, things. The old school McDonald's with the the original. He said he's been collecting that stuff since like 1980. 
There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just, you really yeah. stop and yeah. look at all of the different things. Yeah. So funny story on that. So <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, Matt, but like the 930 service started, uh-huh. there's hardly anybody in the room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think hey, every, everybody must have slept at? in today. And so by the time I got out there to teach, it was it was like a normal service. Yeah. And so I said something like, you know, I don't know if it was a late arriving crowd. And they're, they're like, no, they're all looking at the train. That's right. like, everybody yeah. was out in the lobby looking, <laughs> right. which I totally get now because yeah, yeah. I went and looked at it after the service and I was late getting into the 11 o'clock service. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I totally get it. It's really awesome. So awesome. If you haven't seen it yet, you got to come on our campus and see that. But what's great is people have a great opportunity to do that this Sunday Christmas party. Uh, at our Christmas party, our Sunday That's morning right. Christmas party. So right. that'll be kind of going a- around the services. So, so we do want you to be on time for the services at 9 30 11 but beginning <laughs> at about 9 a.m and going until about 12 30 we're going to have a ton of opportunities for folks uh to come out to see the train to get some professional photos taken mm-hmm. at our photo booths Ooh. live nativity it's going to be a lot of fun so inside or outside it's outside <laughs> definitely outside. much better okay. than a dead nativity scene so uh, we like the live nativity. Like nice. camels yeah. donkeys sheep yeah all that kind of stuff all right i don't know if i'm supposed to talk about this on the podcast but i got i heard a rumor okay i, I need to verify this rumor are there going to be monkeys? So someone told Wait, me, what? I, listen, I've been studying the Christmas story for a long time. Yeah. I've never seen monkeys, but yeah. to be fair, there could have been. Sure. Because that part of the world, like sure. the monkeys live there. I mean, we've all sure. seen Aladdin. Yeah, he had a friend right. named Abu. Yeah, Abu. So, like, for all we know, Abu or one of his ancestors came right. in there. But we're not going to have monkeys in the nativity scene. But no. are there going to be monkeys here? And can we meet these monkeys? So, I've got many questions. Am I even supposed to be bringing this up? No, you can absolutely bring okay. it up. So the gentleman. When that, did you find out about these monkeys? I, I got my sources. Yeah, okay. he's, he's got people. Uh, so the <laughs> I gentleman, need those people. the gentleman that owns the uh, the animals that go into the live nativity, his okay. name is Patrick. He's a great guy. All right. Well, Patrick is a tr- I mean, dude, he has all he does uh, big farm, all kinds of stuff. Great okay. guy. He's actually a college student in Auburn. I think he's doing some post grad work now. Just but, tell me about the wait, monkeys. Well, but wait, he's put himself what? through school by having this animal farm. It's 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 crazy. So yeah, so he he has a couple of these small. I mean, when you think of like the little monkeys that like crawl in like your a neck, and all, yeah, 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 exactly like that. Do they have the hat and everything? <laughs> I've never seen them wearing your pocket. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's be right. careful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then we all break into song and dance and sing street rap. But no. Uh, <laughs> So, no, but yeah, so he told me he's got a few, uh, I think he's got two or three of them this year because he can't leave them by themselves because they're really we small. Know. We've all been there. Well, yeah, you know, I you mean, a monkey by itself by for yourself. a couple of hours. So, so tear your house apart. From what I understand, he'll be bringing a couple of monkeys with him to the uh, to the Christmas party. Are they going to be in his truck? They're not going to be in the nativity scene. They're certainly not going to be in the, the service. The last time this happened. They okay. might be. <laughs> if we look out, there's a monkey in that service, man. Uh, like, I mean, I'm, you I talk about full-on can... ADD will kick in. I will yeah. start talking about the monkey they yeah. can't come into the no, services no no no, no. You, right. you would not want that you okay. would not want that so no no i'm asking these yeah. questions they either, minds want to know they'll either be in the cab of his truck or hanging out around his neck is typically where they are so yeah so he, they might be not the answer i was expecting <laughs> they might be in head. there yeah. Yeah. all right well listen if we have not piqued your interest for this sunday that's i don't right. know what will all right so there's going to be a lot of fun things happening that's right and um, it's a great day. And all kidding aside, we do this every year. It's one yeah. of my favorite Sundays of the year. Uh-huh. It's kind of just a big celebration yeah. for all things um, Christmas and everything that we've seen God do in the yeah. life of our church this year. So you got to be here on campus, 9, 30, or 11. We'll get things rolling. You said about 9? About 9, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah absolutely. Be here. It's going to be well, awesome. And speaking mm-hmm. of celebration, uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about it. We celebrated a bunch of stuff this past Sunday morning, kind of at the beginning of the message. And I want to, in case anyone was out, I want to go through some of that. Yeah, so um, I don't know if I'm going to have time to revisit all of that. Sure. But um, let's hit a few of the highlights. We talked about our Christmas Eve service. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure everybody's clear on that. It's going to be at 4 o'clock, Saturday, December 24th. We're doing it a little earlier in the day. Hopefully that helps you. If you got some things you got to get to in the evening. Yeah. But um, 
bring your kids with you. Babies, toddlers, preschoolers, the yeah. louder they are, the better. That's right. Right. This is not a formal service. We want them to be in the room. Mm-hmm. We don't want a bunch of volunteers to have to work in the nursery and preschool right. and miss yeah. out on the Christmas Eve service. It's the one time of the year that our entire church family comes together <clears throat> in one room, and we can fill that big room up, yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we do light up the candles at the end. We'll make sure that your kids you know, <laughs> don't have a candle lit when you're not looking, and <laughs> right. so we'll keep right. them safe. We're going to do a part of the Christmas Eve service where we bring the kids down front. we got a little gift for them that we're yeah. going to give them. It's going to be awesome. So that's Christmas Eve. And so because we're doing that on a Saturday, we're not going to have services on our campus that Sunday morning, December 25th, as a thank you to the hundreds of volunteers that make Vaughn Forest Church happen every single week. We want to allow them to be able to spend Christmas morning at home with their families, give them them that time as a blessing. We will post a devotion online Mm -hmm. that you can participate in, hopefully as a family, that um, I'll just be sharing some thoughts around that. Um, and so that's really fun. That's just right around the corner, just a few weeks away, yeah. kind of our, our Christmas uh, schedule. And then I kind of reviewed the um, the different initiatives for the offering, the right. Now's the Time Special Christmas Offering. We'll clip that somewhere, put it in shout-outs. We don't need to revisit all of those here yeah, in the yeah, podcast, yeah. but yeah. we're kind of fully into that season as well. Right. And then the last thing we celebrated, which is really awesome, is Matt Aldridge, our new student pastor. Yeah, yeah. Be starting. Yeah. His first Sunday will be Sunday, December 18th. Right. Uh, he and his wife, Jesse moving down here from Gadsden. Alabama. He's been leading a great student ministry up there, and yeah. we are super excited to have him join yeah. the team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you said this, you know, that we decided early on that we were not going to do, you know, make a quick hire. We want to find the right hire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the in the past few months, we've been talking, you know, kind of getting to know him and getting to know Jesse. Man, how obvious is it that he's the right guy to come in here and lead our student ministry? It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited about that. And so, um, but this past Sunday, we continued our Christmas series. I got to after- say one more thing. Oh, though. go ahead. Go we're ahead. adding another Matt to the team. So we that are. is going yeah, to yeah, require yeah. some yeah. clarification. So well, we might call him Aldridge and you get to stick with Matt. I'm Matt. Right. You know, yo, yeah. I might make I'm y'all Matt. arm wrestle. I don't know how we're going to determine <laughs> no, who goes arm wrestling there, man. We'll have a sing-off. That's what we'll do. There we go. So, hey, okay. there you go. I might have a chance. So, uh, yeah, we're adding another Matt too. to the team. Yeah. So that might get a little confusing, but we'll figure it out. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah, I think okay. it's going to be good. Right. Yeah, But no, we, we continued our Christmas series this past week, uh, Hidden Christmas, and uh, we talked a little bit about Mary. And so, you know, to start the conversation off today, you made me laugh when you talked about the title of the message, you know, Mary's Dilemma. And, uh, I think so often we gloss over very quickly this fact of this miracle, the fact that that Mary was a virgin and she was pregnant with child. Like, that's just part of the Christmas story. We move right past that really, really easy and really quickly. So let me ask you this question. How can we each year better view the Christmas story with fresh eyes and really celebrate, hey— stop and pause and ponder like what a big miracle this actually is and you know is is that important for us to do that absolutely i mean familiarity with stories it robs us of the power of the story yeah so try to just suspend in your mind that you already know how all this goes down and just read it for what it's saying yeah i mean when you really read it for what it's saying it's like oh wow can you imagine being mary and telling joseph really, it's God's baby. Right. It's like, I'm okay. And can you imagine being Joseph and thinking, okay, not only did she cheat on me, now she's straight up lying to me. Right. And to try to put yourself in his place emotionally, which then you see God in his graciousness and kindness has an angel go visit Joseph and tell him, man, this is true. And Joseph was already showing just his character that he wasn't going to embarrass Mary. But then imagine if you're Joseph trying to convince your buddies, 
your groomsmen. Yeah. No, I promise, man. Like that, you know. So that rumor followed Jesus around his entire life mm-hmm. that that he was not uh, conceived in a legitimate way. Right. And we have some evidence of that that pop up in the Gospels that kind of shed a little bit of light that probably there were some some rumors that were spoken about Jesus for most of his life. But yeah. I mean, we know the story, but if you can put yourself in the place of the people who are living the story, mm. man, can you imagine the emotions they must have been experiencing right. just walking through that? Yeah. So yesterday, the big idea uh, was was Mary's conversation between Gabriel and her, and how most people uh, how most people respond to the good news of Jesus. So, can you sum up for me? How people, how you feel that response is? Yeah, I think that's one of the big things that I took away from the book that we've talked mm-hmm. about in the series. Like Hidden Tim Christmas. Keller's the one who drew my attention to that, and yeah. I was like, "Oh wow!" Yeah. Okay. And so I'm kind of working off his big idea and then unpacking, it, obviously, in the sermon. But when you really pay attention to the conversation and her response to hearing this good news, yeah, you are now going to be the mother of God's son, mm-hmm. and 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 the way she responds with some trepidation, some questioning, some give me more information here. Yeah. It's a really good observation that many people, when they hear the good news of the gospel message of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. have a very similar response. Okay, And, and I, I don't think that's how a lot of us are taught people are going to respond when we share our faith. Yeah. We're taught one of two things. They're either going to respond yeah. or they're going to reject. Yeah. Yeah. But right. what yeah, if right. there's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. a conversation? Yeah. What if there's questioning? <clears throat> what if there's a process? What if it takes a little bit of time? What if they have questions? What if there is some doubt or some questioning? Or something? So I just think that if you pay attention to that conversation and then draw the corollary <laughs> of how people will often respond when they receive good news about Jesus, I think it's helpful. And so that's kind of the goal of the message, mm-hmm. is can we see that lesson from this conversation and then be reminded of that when we try to share our faith with others. Good. So talking about Mary's response, I want to stay on the subject for a second, because like, let's put ourselves in Mary's shoes here for just a second. An angel appears to her, <laughs> like an actual angel appears to her, and most of the time, in Scripture, when we see that, people are, like, terrified. It talks right. about them falling on their faces. Sometimes worshiping the angels have to go, no, don't worship me, I'm not God. Why do you think that Mary didn't necessarily have that, you know, that response? And and why do you think that people also, so many times they are terrified, you know? Well, I think they're terrified because they don't look like <laughs> angels with wings sure. playing a harp. Yeah. I mean, they're described as warriors. Right. Yeah. If a warrior popped into your house in the middle of the night and started talking yeah. on behalf of God, <laughs> you'd probably be scared too. Right, right, right. So yeah, Mary, I mean, she she she's not weak. You know, it says she's troubled, but then it says she's also wondering, like, what are you really telling me right, here? Right, right. So she she engages the angel in a conversation. She begins to ask some follow-up questions. Which is I, just incredible. Right, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I, I think she's recognizing the weight of what she's hearing, Yeah, um, which there's a weight to that. And so I think she's wanting to make sure she gets this clear. Uh-huh. She's going to want to make sure she knows what to tell Joseph. <laughs> and I think she's also still experiencing a little bit of doubt. Like, is this really real? Right. Like, yeah. Is this actually true, what you're telling me? And I think that the way she inquires, and I love that word, you know, wondered. It wasn't daydreaming. It wasn't. I, it was like I'm just going to keep pressing for more info, more data, investigator journalism. Let me make sure I get all the facts here before I just accept this at face value. Right. Is, is really her temperament there in that conversation? Yeah. yeah. And can, can we settle the argument once and for all with the name of the song? Mary, did you know? Yes. Yes, <laughs> Mary she did. did. Well, Mary. what did she know? <laughs> so you know, when they lose Jesus when he's twelve, well, let's just pause there. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
If you're a parent, that should encourage you. Right. They lost Jesus, not for three minutes, for three days. <laughs> three, days. three days. Three days. Jesus was on a milk carton for three days, <laughs> missing, okay? So if you lose the Son of God, that's not good. And and the conversation that ensues there where Jesus tells them, I mean, I, where, why are you looking for me? Didn't you know I would be in my father's house doing my father's work? And they're kind of like, no. So it's kind of interesting to really begin to unpack that fully. You know, how much did everybody fully yeah. understand at every stage in the development? Well, that's a good question yeah. to ponder, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So in that moment, does she know you're going to be pregnant and you're a virgin? Yes, yeah, she got that part down. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah, right, so right. She knows that. Yeah. Does she understand the full implications of it? I would say probably, probably not. not. Mm-hmm. I would say probably not. I would certainly say that when Jesus is hanging on the cross— she doesn't understand the full implications yeah. of it. So, again, we know the full story. The people who are living the story don't know as much as we know. They, too, were walking by faith. They're walking with the light they have in front of them to take the next step. But in no way are they seeing the full story mm-hmm. and walking by faith. And so, yeah, she knew, but she didn't know the whole story. Right. We know more of the whole story than Mary knew at that conversation with Gabriel. That's an interesting thing about That's good. So th- there's your answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the answer is kind of. Did she know? <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> Somewhat. Yes and Somewhat. no. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we're talking about Mary having doubt um, to— so, but you listed two different types of doubt. You said you had, you know, Zachariah who had a closed minded, and then Mary who was open minded. So, what's the application for us there? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're talking to people, I think there's a twofold application. Okay. I think there's an application for others. I think there's an application for ourselves. Okay. So sometimes, you know, you might want to be engaging someone in a conversation, and you can just tell. Like, they have zero interest. <laughs> they close mind. <laughs> they just throw it's up It's like the wall. soccer here. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, exactly. <laughs> I think I'm very open-minded towards <laughs> the most beautiful sport. Isn't That's that what right. it's called? Yeah. All right, yes, so yes. there you go. See, open-mindedness. <laughs> so, yeah, if you can sense that. You're probably not going to build a further relationship by continuing to engage the person in that argument, right? right? right. You know, yeah. Maybe to change the topic. Oftentimes, questioning, not taking something at face value is actually evidence of an open mind. They're not yeah. saying no. They're just saying not yet. Hmm. They're processing. They're not just going to respond yeah. instantaneously. So be aware of that with others. <clears throat> Certainly. On social media, mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness, don't even get me started, but everything I'm talking about doesn't really apply to social media because it's yeah. just everybody's closed-minded and arguing and yelling <laughs> at each other in ways they would never speak to one another in right. person. Yeah. Okay? Right, That's, right, right. That was just for free. Now, what about for us? I think it's a positive trait to have an open mind as a believer because I'm super confident in what I believe. Mm-hmm. So I can read a book or have a discussion with somebody who shares a different perspective, a different worldview, a different belief system, different value system than me, and I'm not going to change my values. I'm not going to change my beliefs, Mm -hmm. but I might learn something. Mm -hmm. I might better be able to understand people who are different than me. I might ultimately see an opportunity to build a bridge to the gospel that I didn't recognize before simply because I listened to someone else. I think most of us who are believers could really work on listening to others who see things differently than us. Mm-hmm. So if we're framing having an open mind that way, I would encourage everyone listening, yes. There's people you work with and there's um, people that you live close by who have a totally different worldview than you. They right. think about the world differently politically, economically, mm-hmm. socially. Mm-hmm. And if that's too much of a wall for you to build a friendship with them, here's what I would challenge you with. You're not interested in making friends. Mm. You just like yourself. Mm. And what you're seeking to do is surround yourself with people who see everything the same way you do. Well, Mm. you're never going to grow 
as a person unless you engage yeah. people who see things a little differently than you. So that open-mindedness is good. But here's where we draw the line. Open-mindedness and acceptance are two totally different things. Right. So I'm not saying then that you just carte blanche accept everything they're saying. Yeah. Change your political views. Change your social views. Yeah. Certainly change your religious perspective. I'm not suggesting that at all. I think you need to be grounded in what you believe. Mm-hmm. But being grounded in what you believe and being open-minded to listen to someone else who thinks differently than you, yeah. those are two totally separate things. Yeah. And I think that we could go a long way. And earning trust of people who are far from God by showing a little bit more open-mindedness ourselves. Mm -hmm. Before we ask someone to accept something that we believe, perhaps we could be open to listening from their perspective. And I think to the degree that we do that, what it does is it builds trust, it builds Mm -hmm. a relationship, which many times needs to be established first before someone's going to be open to what you actually want to talk to them about concerning Jesus Christ. And that is different. Yeah. 70 years ago? No. No. 70 years ago, everything I just said wasn't really the norm. Mm-hmm. 70 years ago, most of our culture existed in a Judeo-Christian mindset where everyone was kind of starting from the same perspective with right and wrong uh, perspectives yeah, on sexuality, right, right. on gender, yeah. on politics, lot, yeah, on, on government, on ec- economy, yeah. on global perspectives, on socialism. That's just not the case right. anymore. So if you want to have a voice in the arena, so to speak, as a Christ follower today, you're going to have to earn it, and you're going to have to earn it by listening. Yeah. And for a lot of Christ followers, that's a big challenge. Right. Do you think there's a do you think sometimes there's fear in that, that that maybe something you're going to be challenged on that you won't have an answer to or something along those lines? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And here's a really good thing to say when you run into that situation. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's okay, Bob. That's a great point. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Never thought about it way before. You know, so it's okay to say I don't know. It's okay to go. Wow, I've never considered that before. I mean, one of my good friends um, since high school, we see the world very differently. But the reason why he is one of became one of my good friends and has remained one of my good friends is he sees a lot of really important things completely differently than me. And I'll never mm-hmm. forget the first real conversation we ever had about something. Mm-hmm. And I immediately spoke what I believed. And he said, mm-hmm. well, that's interesting. Have you ever considered? And then he kind of laid out a different perspective. And here was my answer to him. No. I've never considered that. Now, it didn't change the original belief that I had communicated to him, but it certainly gave me insight into understanding why not everyone shares that same belief. And that was his perspective. So all I'm saying is, yeah, I think there is some fear. Like, wow, what if if I come across something I'm not sure what to say? And and that's okay. It's totally okay if that happens. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, you know, I've never considered that. Let me look into that further and get back with you. That's a really good point. And and that's okay to be in a situation like that. We don't always have to know the answer to everything. In fact, I think it's better to not know the answer to everything because no one wants to be around someone (laughs) who always knows the answer to everything. (laughs) That's a little obnoxious. I don't know. That's a great point. I've never considered that before. But our faith is strong enough to stand even when some other ideas are being um, discussed and debated, which is what I love about Paul. I mean, when you read Paul— and just his approach in the book of Acts, Paul walked in right into the center, the center of Athens mm-hmm. and, and was like, hey, I see that statue to the unknown God. Let me tell you about him. Paul didn't back down from the intellectualism of his day. Right. He met them where they were at. Yeah. Yeah. They understood this, and now he's going to talk to them about Jesus. And what did they do? It's They, they listened and considered. Mm-hmm. They didn't immediately go, well, tear down all the other statues. <laughs> <Right>. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> right. But they, he Thanks, had Paul. a voice in the arena. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think we can have that today. Yeah, so, so your first point was about this, this whole idea that, that Mary responds to this good news with consideration rather than instantaneous acceptance. And then you, you then followed that up by saying that we shouldn't separate faith 
and reason. So help me understand that a little bit, because I remember Jesus talking to someone saying that, you know, blessed are those who have not yet seen but still believe. So help me understand how faith and reason, you know, coexist. Well, I don't know how long we have left on this podcast, (laughs) but uh, we may have to turn into a part two, because to fully answer that question, we probably would need to take an entire podcast. So um, if you will, for a second, let's walk through 2,000 years of church history. Okay. All right. So, you know, from about A.D. 300, A.D. 400 to the Great Reformation, not exactly a good season. <laughs> right. If you want to count 1,100 years as a season. Yeah, yeah. So we got to recognize that part of our story in 2,000 years of church history is a substantial amount of time where the academic elite who had positions and authority based on religion being joined to the government, church and state as one, did everything they could to suppress people from being able to understand the Bible as we now read it. Hmm. That was their entire entire approach. Hmm. So that when John Wycliffe is interpreting and, and, and transcribing and translating the Bible into English, they put him to death. That the idea that you could take God's word and put it in the hands of the lay person, the uneducated, the one who doesn't have royalty or title or any of those other things, was so threatening that they were killing the people who were translating the Bible into the language of people. So to, to not at least acknowledge that, I think we're not being fair to our story. You know, we talked last week about how the Bible tells the whole story. Yeah. Let's tell the whole story. Yeah. Okay, so in that backdrop, when the Great Reformation occurs, the Gutenberg press, the Bible starts getting printed, you've got all these great reformers and, you know, Zyke, uh, Wingley, uh, Zwingli and Wycliffe and, you know, Martin Luther and John Calvin, and here we go, and they're all um, – uh, uh, what's his name? Latimer. He's one of the guys as well. It's a really great, you know, part of our, you know, church history. Okay. Well, what are they now going to have to do? They are now in the age of the Enlightenment. They are reasoning their way through the New Testament in many ways for the first time. Hmm. That it wasn't until the Great Reformation that clarity about salvation was provided. Now, right. think about that for a second. Right. Jesus ascends 2,000 years ago into heaven. We've only had clarity on salvation for the last 600 years. So the church, in many ways, is actually kind of just getting started if we think about it in, in light of that. So, so why does all that matter? Because if you take the time to read some of the things that were written during that time period that literally have served to help us understand theologically, what do we mean when we say it is by grace through faith that you have been saved? What do we mean when we talk about being sealed with the Holy Spirit? Well, read those paragraphs and tell me that those guys aren't smart. Hmm. Read me those paragraphs and tell me that someone has separated faith and reason. And and read through Romans and tell me somebody has separated faith and reason. That part of understanding the implications of God coming to earth as a man at Christmas, Jesus. Let's walk through what that means. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. How does what? Yeah. He then dies on a cross. So did God die on the cross or did Jesus die on the cross? Well, let's walk through that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, he then resurrected. Well, let's not even mention what it says happened, ascended to heaven, descending to hell. What are the implications of that? Right. He then defeats death through the resurrection. He then ascends into heaven and the Holy Spirit comes down. Okay, Paul is trying to help us understand, empowered by the Holy Spirit, the implications of all of that. We called our Colossians series implications mm-hmm. of all that. The church reformers, implications of all of that. You're going to need your brain. To understand that. Yeah. So our faith has always had reason as a part of it at its foundation. And somewhere along the way, it became more spiritual to just say, 
yeah, but shouldn't we just accept that? And the Bible never asked that of us. Hmm. You know, Jesus is speaking to Pharisees who in many ways— are doing the exact same things that the leaders for 1,100 years of church history were doing. They're taking man-made laws and using them to suppress people. Right, and Jesus right, is saying, right. you think you're religious and you think you're spiritual, but these children have more faith than you. Right, Jesus right. isn't advocating that we don't use our minds. And so I think that that's really encouraging because some Christ followers need to be encouraged that, yes, use your mind. Yes, let your faith interact with the intelligence that God has given you. And then for the next generation, every generation has to answer the heresy of its day. The reason why our faith gets clarified theologically is because somebody says something that's not true. Most of the theological truths that we have from church history came in response to some type of um, apostasy or heresy that someone else was teaching, Mm, and that still continues today. So if we need the next generation to be able at some point to go, wait a second, that's not at all what we believe, and then be able to articulate what is it that we believe, well, we better have prepared them to have used their mind to do that well. And then the last point I would say about that is for a lot of folks who are not believers, that is the biggest barrier. Hmm. Coming to faith in Jesus Christ in their mind, oftentimes is the same thing as believing in fairy tales and unicorns. Right. And so to help them understand intellectually, like uh, the book says, evidence that man's a verdict. Like we're, we're not, we're not basing our faith on just a bunch of stories and fairy tales. That this is founded in fact, and to become a Christ follower doesn't mean you check your brain at the door. Right. Yeah. And um, that's part of our story, and it's part of our community of faith that oftentimes kind of gets pushed to the side. And what I'm trying to do is bring that part of our community faith yeah. back. Yeah. to light because there are a lot of people who are super smart who are hurting mm. and they're longing for a relationship with God. They just don't know that yet. And if mm. someone who can speak to them in a way that's helpful for them to say, I could accept Jesus Christ in my life and not have to check my brain at the door. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. Let's not separate faith or reason. So thank you for giving me a much longer time than I probably needed no. to no, fully good. kind of that's tackle really that. Well, I, I have, you know, with all of that, you know, reason and logic, like, what are some resources for us um, when we're trying to understand and learn more about that that helps back up our faith? Yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, I mentioned the case for faith, the yeah. case for Christ, yeah, case Lee for Christ. Strobel, yep. Yep. Um, Gary Habermas. I've mentioned him before, Gary Habermas, H-A-B-E-R-M-A-S. Maybe we could put up his website and our um, link there on YouTube, Sure, GaryHabermas.com. He's got lots of great resources. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he also has a book called The Historical Jesus. Okay. Um, Dr. Habermas is fantastic, um, world-renowned expert on the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Would you like to put that in a business card? <laughs> so um, it's a great resource. Um, And he's super cool. He loves college football, and he's really down to earth, but he's awesome, and he understands this stuff. Um, I love Adam's qualification there. He loves college football. football. (laughs) And he he likes Big Ten college football, so I have to hold that against him. um, But no, he's a great guy, great man of God. And then let me, um, I will, if you guys will help me remember, at some point in the next day or two while everybody's listening to this, I'll Uh post on social media the cover of a book um, that I I can't remember exactly the title of it right now. Um, but I'll put that out there. Okay. It's a it's a theology book. It's it's pretty in pretty depth. <laughs> but um, I'm reading through it right now, and I really like it. Yeah, it takes some time to fully explain some things. And so if that 
scratches an itch. You know, yeah. this yeah. would be a good book. Yeah. I would recommend. It's a recent copyright in the last couple of years. And that's the challenge with good theology books is a lot of times they were published 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right. And sure. yeah. Nobody's really tackling these things anymore. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. these guys did. And they're they're explaining things from a evangelical orthodox perspective that we would align with as a church. Yeah. So if that's something you're really wanting yeah. to study a little bit more, I'll post that. I think it'd be a great resource. I think it'd be really yeah, helpful. And we, we can have Jonathan go back in and add that to the description. Okay. The yeah. YouTube like video, pop up. All, all yeah. that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. You guys are amazing. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So your, your second point, you, you talked about how Mary responded to Gabriel with a gradual process rather than just like a one-time decision. Um, why do you think, because I know we do this a lot, why do you think there's this tendency with believers when it comes to things of faith to try to push people towards making a one-time decision rather than allowing them to go throughout a gradual process? process. Yeah. Like, is it an impatience thing on our part or what? Boy, that's a good question because I think there's a lot of different motivations. I think sometimes there is like this heartfelt urgency that you want to see somebody come to know Jesus. Yeah. None of us are promised tomorrow. Right. I think that that plays into it sometimes. There's a sincerity of heart there that you genuinely want to see this person meet yeah, Jesus. You don't want them to spend an eternity separated from right. him. So I think that that plays into it um, sometimes. I think sometimes um, there can be a little bit of finishing people's sentences for them. I see this a lot with parents, if I can just be honest, with their kids. So um, we all want our kids to come to a place in their life where they accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. But parents, listen, here's the key. They need to make that decision for themselves. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, we can feel the pressure sometimes to finish their sentences, clarify the details. You know, I think what I hear you saying, and and they're sitting there nodding, but they don't really understand it. And I think, so we have to be careful. You've got to let people move in in a process where they fully understand, you know, what's, what's, what the implications of the gospel. And sometimes that takes time and sometimes that takes some conversations. And, um, and then I think, you know, maybe there can just be a little frustration, good old-fashioned frustration, like, did I not do this right? Did right. I not share this right? right? How come every time someone gives a testimony of sharing their faith, it always ends with somebody on a plane getting saved? And every time I do it, <laughs> like, nothing happens, right? right? I mean, right. that's how a lot of Christians yeah. are left to feel, you know, for a lot of people who share these great stories of evangelism and how they shared their faith. And so I think there's a lot of that that plays into it. But sure. like I said in the message, if you can measure conversations and let Jesus take care of the conversions, our that's job good. is not to convert yeah. anybody. Our job is to be the voice, and the gospel must be spoken. There's this really sweet narrative in our culture that, you know, we should preach the gospel at all times and only use words when necessary. (laughs) The problem is that's just not biblical. That's right. Because the gospel can never be about what I do. The gospel is always about what Jesus has done, and somebody yeah. has to tell another person yeah. what Jesus has done. Now, should my life be lived in a way that it matches up with that? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. We're called to be a light, but there does come a place where you have to speak it. Yeah. And so I would just say that, you know, be patient, have conversations, yeah. leave those conversations going, I feel like we just kind of moved a little closer. That person mm-hmm. took a step closer. Yeah. Yeah. And then pray that at some point down the road, you know, they do cross that line of faith, and then you might be the person who eventually gets to lead someone to the Lord. But right. but yeah, I think the process is the key. Just the process, process, process. Just keep reminding yourself of that. So circling back around, because you know, there may be some parents listening to this that are going, man, I wish that I had, you know, I, I knew a way to yeah, better share the, the gospel with my kids. The knowledge. Can yeah. we talk 
talk yeah. a little bit about our Kid Faith class that's, that's yeah. actually happening this Sunday. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So bring your kid to Kid Faith. Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. So um, I think, do we feed you pizza? Yeah, there's pizza. Oh, there you go. Yeah, We're yeah, fancy. Yeah. So we'll feed nice. you pizza for free. Yeah. Wait, that's right. And um, I'm, I'm sure. pretty sure that's what it will be. <laughs> yeah. so. I should have taken out stock at Papa John's, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm telling you. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Oh, Shaq, man. He's that's right. Yeah, Papa yeah. John's. Sure Shaq and Peyton Manning. The Peyton, no, he may have sold off. Anyway, yeah. so Kid Faith is a great opportunity for you and your kids to visually see the gospel presented through an illustration right. while being spoken and while being taught. You're teaching it this week, That's right? right? Yep. Chad's going to be teaching. I teach it sometimes. And what it does is it gives you the content to discuss with your kids. Hey, what do you think about that? Mm. You know, what were your thoughts on that? You know, and we, we we tell parents with their kids, when you're talking with your kids about the gospel, there's a there's a few things you want to look for. And so I'll go ahead and give these out if that's okay. Sure. So there's three things I tell parents to look for with your kids. Um, intellect, emotion, and will. Intellect. Do they understand the gospel message? If they can't articulate it, they don't understand it. Mm. Okay. So what are the basic tenets of the gospel message? You, you, you couldn't earn your way to God. God sent his son Jesus. He died on the cross for the sins of the world, and then he defeated death through the resurrection. Yeah. Can, do they yeah. understand that? Right. Not can you say it for them. <laughs> do they understand it? Okay. Yeah. So that's the intellect. Emotion. Yeah. If you fully understand the gospel, there is some emotion when you recognize, wait a second. It's not just that Jesus died for the sins of the world. Jesus died for my sin. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a weight or an emotion that I believe comes with that recognition that God did not let my sin get in the way of having a relationship with me. It's that brokenness. Mm -hmm. I can't believe. Now, I'm not saying that someone has to break down and weep or cry. We, we all experience emotions differently. But is there some emotion? Right. right. I think we need to look for that. And then will, volition, are they choosing this? Right. Mm -hmm. Do you fully understand what this means? That if you ask Jesus to come into your life and save you, he's not just your Savior, he's your Lord. Mm -hmm. Your life no longer belongs to you. Right. Your life now belongs to God. You live in service to the King. This is a choice that once you make, this is the choice you're making. I can't make this choice for you. You know, your mom can't make this choice for you. But if you make this choice, there's no turning back. Right. Okay. Right. So intellect, emotion, and will. And as Morgan and I walk through that process with our three boys, these are the conversations we have. And it is a process. Right. So I would encourage you, if you're a parent, do we all feel that desire and need to kind of like rush them through the prayer and be like, oh, look, they got saved. Right. Right. I don't want the testimony of our church to be a bunch of kids who a decade later go, I didn't even know what I was doing. Right. I got baptized when I was a kid, but I didn't even know what I was doing. I want the testimony of our church to be we were equipping, empowering, and encouraging to the best of our abilities by the power of the Holy Spirit parents yeah. mm -hmm. to have conversations with their kids so that when their kids made that decision— it was it was a stake in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. And from that day forward, their life was being lived for the Lord. And if that takes a couple of years to clarify, we're okay with that. That's right. Because we would rather that be the testimony of your kids and our church than just rushing people through. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of our heart yeah. behind that. And, and if folks want to be a part of that this week, you can email morgan.bishop at myself, chad.boke at and we'll get you, you know, all the information on that that you need. That's so good. Well, let's talk about the Ingle scale. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> okay. So um, we, we're going to send that out. Uh, bookmark. I heard bookmark. Uh, and a magnet, or, or we might get crazy and yeah, do both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm designing a bookmark. Chad, get, on, <laughs> get on that. And a know? magnet. And a so, magnet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or both. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Yeah, it's. I mean, if you didn't see the message, you know, you yeah. need to go back and watch that part. It's yeah. basically just a lot of steps. Okay. It, it gives um, a visual aid and some phrases to what we mean when we say process. Gotcha. So this person has no awareness of what we even mean when we say God. Yeah. And I've shared an illustration in yeah. the message about, you know, being in Eastern Europe and talking with some college students about that. Yeah. To like an awareness of the gospel. I'm not... Um, opposed to this. Um, I actually recognize my own need. Yeah. So if you can begin to discern, hey, where is somebody at in this process? Yeah. And what I will tell you is even living in the South, most people have no idea about the basic tenets of the gospel. Mm. In fact, many, many years ago, I just made the decision. It doesn't matter where God calls me to serve. And I've lived in New York City. I've lived in Denver. Now I live here in Montgomery, Pike Road. I'm not, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm never going to assume that people understand the gospel. Right. right. I'm not going to assume that. I'm going to state it clearly. And even people who've grown up in church, you'd be surprised how many people still think that their works and efforts have something to do with, mm. with them being saved. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it just gives you clarity on where somebody might actually be when it comes to their level of receptivity to the gospel message. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, wrapping up the conversation, I really liked what you said about in your third point, how Mary responded with confidence after, you know, getting the encouragement of a friend. I think it illustrates what we say over and over again, that relationships are important, that relationships are such a huge deal. So what would you say to someone who has been praying for a family member or a friend, maybe to come to Jesus? You know, we've talked quite a bit about that today, but maybe just feels like the situation's a little bit hopeless. What would your encouragement be to that person? Well, I mean, if you think that, the enemy wins. Mm. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to have emotions and thoughts that that come into your mind from time to time. And when that happens, you have a choice to make. Like, you can let that take root or you can push it away and go, no, that's not true. Mm. That's just Mm. not true. Because here's what God's called me to, and here's what I'm going to continue to believe by faith, and I'm just going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to let that momentary discouragement get in the way of continuing to do what God's called me to do. Because if I do, the enemy wins. And the enemy knows if he can get discouragement to take root, he's ultimately going to get you off track. The other thing I would say is... You know, oftentimes in our lives, we're trying to figure out, like, how do I know when God's talking to me? Yeah. I mean, I, God send me an angel? Where's Gabriel, <laughs> right? I want to know. Like, how does this work, okay? We might so, be fearful. <laughs> it is kind of interesting that it's not till Mary talks with Elizabeth that she fully accepts yeah. all of this yeah. to the point that she's rejoicing and praising God. I would think that would have happened earlier in the story. Right. I just think an angel in her room. This seems appropriate <laughs> to go, God, I'm going to worship you for yeah. being so abundantly clear with this message. No, it's no. not till she's with Elizabeth. Interesting. So what do you do when you sense? I think God's leading me to something. I think God said, yeah. I think God spoke. So I've got some language that might be helpful. Okay. Here's a helpful phrase to remember. God's promptings are always followed by God's process, and God's process is his people. Mm. So three Mm. words that start with P. I'm trying to make it easy (laughs) for you, okay? So God's promptings are often followed by God's process, and God's process is his people. Mm. But what does that mean? You think God's leading you to something. Here's the process. You run it past a godly person you trust. Yep. If you're a, if you're a dude, you go sit down with another dude that you trust who walks with Jesus, and yep. you say, "This is what I think God may be leading me." What do you think? Mm-hmm. That's the process. And if that man of God looks at you and says, "I ain't from God," that's a bad taco. <laughs> then you better recognize this is something you've kind of come up with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
ladies, if, if you sense God's prompting, who are the women in your life who walk with Jesus? You sit down and go, I think God may be leading me to this. What do you think? And then what does that person say? And oftentimes, the process of God's people is what brings us clarity to whether or not God is actually leading us. Yeah. If you ever leave a quiet time from with a word from the Lord and you go act on it, good luck. <laughs> good luck. But sometimes we think that's spiritual. That's right. God yeah. spoke to me and here we go. Okay. Yep. No, man. Listen, sometimes God's promptings that you think are God's promptings may not be God's promptings. Mm-hmm. The Bible says Satan poses as an angel of light. Mm. We're talking about an angel named Gabriel. Okay. So how do you know that it's from God? Well, you go through the process of his people. And then ultimately, you make sure that it matches up with his word. Yeah. That if God's leading you to something and it's complete and it's in complete contradiction to his word, that ain't from God. Right. Right. Yeah. But I do believe that God wants to guide his people and lead his people and, and give Holy Spirit promptings and, and give us some guidance from time to time and, and maybe even call us into some things from time to time that we didn't necessarily see coming. But I do think there's a, a process that some God's people can help confirm, just like we see from Mary. Yeah. yeah. That God's people, Elizabeth, helps confirm this from Mary to, to Mary. Yes, this is from God. I think that that still can happen today for people. Yeah. 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 So from now on, anybody comes to me with something not from God, I'm like, hey, it wasn't an angel. It was a bad taco. I like that. <laughs> bad taco. We, we should put that on a bumper sticker. It's not an angel. It's a bad, bad taco. taco. Yeah. So. yeah that, I, don't know. I, I, think, I, I see a pun coming on, Matt, <laughs> yeah. from that yeah. one. Yeah. I see it a mile away. Mm-hmm. Here, we go. Here we go. Well, no, well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm looking forward to this Sunday as we kind of continue the Christmas season, continue the Christmas yeah. series. And uh, so that'll do it, do it for episode number 66 of The Other Six. Po- that's a lot of sixes, but that's fine. Uh, for this episode of The Other Six Podcast, so on behalf of uh, Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself, we appreciate you joining us. We hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.